Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. A lot of, I think a lot of people don't realize how easy it is to actually get those couple hundred bucks every month. Ooh. from the internet. It's not a difficult process at all. Tell us. Uh, so, okay, first of all, there's always the luck factor. Mm -hmm. um, however, working hard is going to increase that luck factor. Like, but the the thing I need to like explain to everybody is no matter how hard you work and how funny you are and whatever, whatever, if you don't have that extra little bit of luck that you cannot control, that shit's just not going to fall in the right spot for you. Yeah. Like I started at the beginning of the pandemic, which was the easiest time to start because everybody was home. Everybody was on their phones. So it was just like I had everything going for me. And even then I still, I put out a sketch every single day for 13 days straight before one of them got noticed. And after that first one got noticed, I was like, okay, let me try this exact kind of thing again, but with some like different jokes or whatever. And that one did well. And I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this until it stops doing well. Uh-huh. Uh, so you find your niche online. You find out like the very specific thing that you want to talk about. Maybe it's something that you're very well educated on or you just enjoy doing. Whatever it is, you find your niche and then you hammer that home once it starts clicking. And then you just keep riding that wave. Teaser. All right, let me do an intro. <laughs> What's goody, Hot Breathiverse? Welcome back to Hot Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers. And over 400 interviews on this channel, our mission is to cultivate the next generation of great comics. We're interviewing today's great comics. And our guest today, what started as an experiment during COVID to just post a sketch every single day while we were going to be quarantined for what he thought was two weeks, ended up into a viral sensation with millions of followers across all platforms to now touring with live shows and it all started with a table so yeah. ladies and gentlemen welcome to the hot breath of verse mr ben brainerd hello right. hi thank you for having me so yeah we were having a great conversation um before i interrupted to do this intro mainly because i got tired of doing intros and outros outside of the podcast so right. now i just do them during because yeah it's so much easier it's natural so let, let let's let's rewind back to where we were you talked about First off, consistency, but also like finding a niche, something you're interested in, something yes. you're educated on. Right. Go. Yeah, so that's very important because there's so much out there, right? And if you're just a guy who does stuff, you're not really exactly giving people a specific reason to want to tune into your stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're, you could do guy who does stuff, but also like is weird and quirky and has all of the screenshots to back it up. Like that is a, th that's still a niche. Like uh -huh. it's just such a broad thing, but you've made it specific because of your personality there. Like I have friends that like, I have a friend who does like God and Gabriel creating animals and whatever. Like that's a very specific niche that he does. And he's found different ways to make it broad and all encompassing. But it's all started with him playing a God character, him playing a Gabriel character and shenanigans ensuing. Mm -hmm. Like I have a I have a friend who uh, his go he goes by youth pastor Ryan. He's not a youth pastor. He just looks like he should be. <laughs> can do that. And yeah, and he just does, like, he does stories. He just tells stories in his car, but he talks at, like, lightning pace, and just insane shit happens. Uh -huh. um, so he's made that kind of, like, his niche. Whereas I am the states guy. I dress up as all of the states and sit at a table and talk about how nobody's doing well. Like, that's just the niche that I've found, and I've found ways to make sure that I've gotten, like, so much stuff involved as long as I've started with that niche and worked kind of outward from it. How many did you explore? Because, like, I mean, for me, like, I'm a comedian. I've been doing it 12 years. Mm -hmm. I can do stand-up. Right. But social media, it's like a whole other language, and people are posting crowd work clips and whatnot, and I'm like, how can I stand out from that? And it's, yeah, it's, it's a wild west out there. Yeah, I would also suggest posting your stand-up clips, for sure. Uh, crowd work is, is always hot because, like, crowd work tends to be funnier in that moment and it's also you're not burning any material by posting crowd work but right. you're also not gonna hurt yourself by posting a 30 second clip of a polished joke that's like three minutes long or whatever mm -hmm. so 
people seeing just that little bit of a longer thing is not going to burn your material. A lot. Another thing that I've learned doing this is that a lot of people have come to see me multiple times. And that's always been like a weird fear of mine. Like, you're just going to come see the same jokes? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to write a new hour every time you come to a show. This is not how that works. And they go, well, it's kind of like... You know how you would like to see your favorite band perform live, even though you've heard their stuff a million times mm -hmm. and you want to go see them perform multiple times? It's the same thing. So you got to think of yourself more as like, they just want to hear the hits. Like, I'm, I'm ACDC on tour right now, and I'm just going to play Life is a Highway over and over <laughs> again. Like, this is all everybody wants to hear is I'm going to do Thunderstruck and Life is a And, like, just the, all of the, the greatest hits because that's people what people want to hear, even though they've all seen it before. They've all heard it before. Is it like, state stuff, though? No. It's my like stand-up. Stand yeah, my stand-up is about me and my life and my stories uh -huh. and all that. And then my state stuff is just online. Like, I don't bring that on the road. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, so I have two different, completely different things. And I still post my stand up online as well mm -hmm. uh the state stuff got me to a place where it, no matter what i post at this point like it'll do well enough but like the stand-up clips still do really well and i get a lot of comments from people who are like oh i didn't know the states guy did stand up and i'm like yeah the states guy did stand up before he was the states guy i don't know if he knew that yeah for how long uh, i did like two years of improv when i was living in daytona beach and then i moved to orlando and I tried to do improv in Orlando, and they were all like, no, you have to take our class and spend $200. And I was like, what if, what if I want to do this for fun? And they were like, no, 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 we don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't do this for fun. <laughs> and so that's what kind of pushed me towards stand-up. So I did stand-up for three or four years, I think, before I started doing, before the pandemic oh, hit. okay, good. So you had yeah. some reps. You weren't yeah. starting fresh. Right. Yeah. And I was, I was featuring by that time Great. and I had like enough to to fill 45 but I wasn't headlining anything but like off nights at bar shows or whatever right yeah 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 so I was I was featuring pretty consistently at that point when it hit and I just had so much more to write after I got big I was like oh now I have to okay cool <laughs> this is fine I can do yeah no I can do an hour <laughs> absolutely how many followers did you have like start a pandemic you're like all right I'm going to do a sketch every day. Mm -hmm. And like, so how many followers did you have when you started that? I didn't have TikTok. You didn't have TikTok? No. Whoa. <laughs> I think if I did have TikTok, it was just like a couple weird random videos that weren't like right. funny. So maybe a hundred followers, you know. Um, and and I went within six months, I went from basically nothing to a million and verified. <laughs> That's amazing. Dude. Yeah. So you went, you, was the first thing you tried the state stuff? No. Okay. No. Uh, like you touched on, I was trying to do a sketch every single day for the entirety of quarantine. And so it was just anything I thought of where I was like, I think I can make that funny. Because trying to put out a full one minute sketch every day takes so much time and effort. And Dude. so basically I just spent all day trying to think of something and then write it and then film it. Um, I had, I, one of my sketches that, like I thought hat was big before I stumbled into uh, actual virality was I did a sketch about uh, Voldemort as a baby and uh, wizards playing I got your nose and then actually taking his nose and then just, <laughs> oh whoops I have to go and that got like fifty thousand views and I was like oh my god this is it like Yo. I'm I'm famous yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> But then everything else kind of failed after that. Like, uh -huh. I couldn't find anything that would work. And then I finally, day 13, was I dressed up as, like, five of the states and the government. And I was like, let's just make fun of Florida. And that's basically what it was. And it took off. Like, I had 100,000 views that day. And then by the end of the day, I think I had, like, 500,000 or 600,000. I was like, I was approaching a million views within, like, 24 hours. Oh, dude. Yeah. So then the next day, you're like, okay, let's do another Florida yeah, sketch. Yeah, that's exactly what I was. I was like, well, the next day, I actually had something that I had already written and filmed. So it went back to just some random <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Day 14 was just some random bullshit. Yeah. And then day 15, I was like, I have to do that thing again. So day 15, I posted another sketch about Florida's responding to, to COVID with, you know, Texas, New York, California there. And it did well again. And I was like, I'm just going to keep digging at this gold mine until it runs out. And here we are over two years later, and I'm still digging at it. Dude. So, like, for someone, let's say, like, me trying to figure out what finding my niche, you know, like, I have stand-up yeah. clips I can weave in and things like that. But, like, are there certain 
questions that I should ask myself to like discover maybe even things to start doing a sketch sketches about to test? Um, I don't know if there's anything you really should ask yourself. Uh, I kind of lucked into the, the Florida thing. Uh, so maybe I'm not exactly the best person to ask about like how to get started other than just consistency. Mm-hmm. Putting something out every single day, if not multiple times a day, you're going to have an easier time finding a thing that blows up if you put out a million things, you know? Now, that being said, don't make them all a million shitty things. Like, I'd rather you do, like, one good thing a day than ten mediocre things every day. Uh, but the, I think a good place to start is to find the people online that you like, whether it's the sketch artists or the comedians, whatever. Find the people that are famous online that you like now and figuring out what it is that they're doing mm-hmm. that is that maybe you can do as well. And this is not to say be a hack and do what they're doing, but you can definitely take tips. Like, oh, watching a, a sketch comic online and going, oh, they're doing multiple characters, but it's just one guy talking himself. Maybe let me try rearranging a thing so that I'm talking to myself, you know, off camera. Oh, this guy talks lightning quick and has a bunch of graphics. Maybe let me try that one. Uh, just a bunch of little things like that where you can go, I like this style. Let me see what things from it I can take and turn into my own thing to help my platform grow. Okay. Yeah, the only thing I found to work right now is like I've done like cuz this shows comedy education, like it's a lot sure. of educational stuff. So I've I've done a few like video essays that have gotten like a, a couple hundred thousand views. Sure. But it's like I'm in front of a green screen. It's a lot of editing. It's like it's not sus- a lot of work. It's not sustainable to yeah. do every day. Exactly. And it's not promoting me as a comedian. Right. It's like it's something separate. Yeah. If you're gonna, here's like a couple. I think these are fairly general tips that I can give. And these, you know, if it works for you, it works for you. Sprinkle it on top of things. See what happens. But quick, you need to be quick online. Mm-hmm. You need to have something to grab their attention within the first three seconds. Uh, but you have to continue to keep their attention. When you're on TikTok, it's so easy to just move to the next video. You know, you have to keep gradually having their attention. So very quick edits, very quick cuts, that's something that works very well. Like when I first started, I had a lot of like my sketch lines were multiple lines for a character. And I learned very quickly that if I'm going to have this guy say this many words at one time, I have to throw in different reactions in the middle of the sentence oh, just yeah. to keep that quick cut game going. Oh, but now I kind of write my lines a lot quicker. So now it's very fast paced, jumping back and forth between the two people. So if you're going to do something like that, make sure the edits are quick. Make sure the cuts are, are quick and hard and have multiple stuff happening. You don't want to just itch one part of the brain. You want to itch the rest of the brain, too. Uh-huh. I say that in the least creepy way possible. <laughs> Itching the brain. That's the mm-hmm. social media advice. Itch the brain. Itch the brain. In multiple parts of the brain. Frontal <laughs> lobe, back lobe, whatever, all the lobes. <laughs> so, like, how long, if, like, we're posting every day, it's like, how long do you take to, like, write a sketch and then editing the sketch? Uh, like, you know, the whole workflow of it. It's a very involved process. I Now I have people. Like, I've hired editors and, right. like, social media managers, so I don't do anything anymore other than write and film, and right. it's phenomenal. Yeah. But before I had that, which this is all very recent, too, it was I would probably take, like, an hour to two hours just researching the thing that I was going to be writing about, and then I would take, like, an hour to an hour and a half to write, uh, but a lot of times I wouldn't think of anything to write immediately after doing the research. So I would have to research it and then fuck off for like an hour or two. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as like the first thought or the first punchline or whatever hit, I was like, okay, here we go. And I would write that and then everything else would just kind of fall into place after that. And it would usually take like an hour to an hour and a half to write. And then it would take me about an hour to film. And then probably um, anywhere from like three to ten hours to edit depending on what it is specifically that I was editing that day. Uh, so pro- roughly, like, I'd say six hours on average to, to edit, uh, and then probably another hour to two hours to make all the posts scheduled to, to drop and make sure everything goes well. Is this every day? Um, it was a lot of the days. <laughs> it was many of the days. <laughs> In the beginning, it was it was a lot quicker, but it was also I was doing a little bit of the process every single day. Now I'm at a point where I write 
uh, I write a three minute long sketch that is actually three one minute sketches Brilliant. with like a transition line in between them. So they all flow together when you watch it all together, but they can be split down into the three one minute sections it's for three the shorter minutes for things. Facebook monetization, right? Yeah. Three minutes gets you, well, you can do anything over a minute on Facebook gets monetized, oh. but three minutes is their mid roll ad cutoff, which shoots your CPM up from like $7 to like $25. Yo. So you're getting way more money back just by hitting that three minute mark. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into the business of it, but let, let's, yeah, let's keep getting to the nuts and bolts of the creative part process. So mm-hmm. it's like, that's a, I, that's that's why I wanted to ask you that because I, I think people just see a video and they're just flicking through your account yeah. like, oh, there's another one, there's another one, haha. It's like, oh, there's 13 hours, there's yeah. nine hours, there's I'm 17. tired all the time. I am <laughs> so tired. But it's worth it, you know, because yeah. it's, it's, it's the tired that doesn't make you sad. Because there's, like, tired from working your day job all day, and you get home, and you're like, I want a beer, and I want to sleep. But this tired is, like, I'm happy. Like, I did that, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I get done with the day, and I'm like, let's hang out with some friends and fuck off and, you know, play games or whatever. Yeah, and you started, like, where you were as well in terms of, like, you started, like, recording on your phone. You edited on yep. your phone. You kind of you built up to where you are now. So if someone watching this... It's just like start wherever you are and then start building incrementally. Start where you are and just start. That is the only actual piece of advice anybody can ever actually give you is just do it. If anybody ever tries to give you advice outside of the realm of like just do it, they're yanking your chain. Like they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, Gary V, his only piece of advice should be just do it. (laughs) The only other real advice I can give is find every outlet to just do it at. Because people start at TikTok and all of my friends that I've met through TikTok, they like... They just did TikTok and they would come to me and they'd be like, how are you making so much money? I'm like, oh, well, there are other things other than TikTok. Mm-hmm. I post the exact same video on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Patreon and like Snapchat and everywhere. If I've been given an outlet to post the same video, I post it. And these other platforms give you way more access to monetization. Do you have a do you have a tool that you can upload and schedule everything to like to all the platforms? All the platforms have their own thing. Okay. So uh. I would film. I don't film inside of an app. Okay. Which is good advice there. Uh, I mean, sometimes there's a lot of features that help inside the app. Like TikTok has a pretty good in-app recording system, but if you're trying to post multiple places you don't want that watermark on there. Mm-hmm. So either you got to pay for a service that'll remove the watermark, but it'll give you like a lower resolution video, or you film on your phone outside of the app, film on a camera outside of the app, edit it on your computer or whatever, and then like Facebook allows you to schedule posts. Uh, Twitter allows you to schedule posts. Um, Instagram, I think, is the uh, you can schedule posts, but you can't schedule reels. YouTube, you can schedule videos and shorts. Um, everywhere allows you pretty much to schedule stuff except for, like, Instagram Reels. Gotcha. So there I just set an alarm on my phone every day to go off at the same time, and then I can set a draft, and then I just so I just go into the draft and hit post. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, I, I've gotten to a point, dude, sometimes it's like, like I've, I've cut up some of my stand-up clips and stuff. They're on my phone. I'll get all the way to, like, almost posting it and then just like, oh, never mind. No like, drafts 2022. No. Hashtag no drafts. No drafts 2022. 2022. <laughs> That's what I've been telling all my friends. Anytime they make a dumb video and they put it in the drafts, I'm like, I can't post this. I'm like, no drafts 2022. Post it. What's the worst that could happen? There's like a mental, I don't know what it is though. There is like a mental block. This is another question I ask people all the time because I hate asking what's the worst that could happen because if you ask the wrong person what's the worst that could happen, they'll end up dead in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> what's the best that could happen? Yeah. I like Everyone that. sees it and they like it and you get booked. I like that. So I think you start asking yourself, what's the best that could happen? Ooh, I like that. Okay, okay. It's it's like I've, I've interviewed a few social media people, and it's like, all right, this is the time. And I'm sure people have listened to other ones, and they're like, now after Gross. this episode, I am going to start posting every single day. And then maybe like three days later, I'm like, well, <sighs> I mean, maybe. maybe yeah, not. whatever. I think outside of like posting, you just need to actually make a schedule for yourself Mm, because if you're not good in the real world, like if Joel's not Joeling correctly, you're never going to Joel correctly online. And if if this is a a thing I tell people all the time, if it's not bringing you joy, it won't bring anybody else joy either. 
Okay. So you got to find a good schedule for yourself and start as general as possible. On Monday, I want to write this. On Tuesday, I want to film this. On Wednesday, I want to post this. It's a lot easier to keep up with that than it is to be like, okay, I'm up. What are we going to do today? You know, um, it also helps this thing that I do is I like to every night before I go to sleep, I'll get a notebook and I'll just write a list of things that I need to do tomorrow morning. So when I wake up, all I have to do is get that list. I get breakfast or whatever, relax for a minute, and then I just start crossing things off the list. Okay. Okay. Maybe crawl before we walk. Yeah, I yeah. Guess. If you, you, you can't fly if you haven't grown your wings yet. <laughs> That's a good point. I just made up that thing right now. I was going to say, so. you're full of these quotes, yeah, dude. You need a listen, book or something. I shouldn't. No. <laughs> I don't have time for a book, but <laughs> maybe an audio book. How about a podcast? We could do a podcast. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what was life before before like the virality like what what was the hustle what was the day job like what was your mindset day job okay so a little i was working a little bit on a food truck i would do like lunch shifts on a pizza food truck nice sometimes i would drive for uber occasionally i was living in just a bedroom at my aunt's house in orlando um i was sleeping in my car occasionally i would say yes to everything I was, just as a feature, I was booked every single weekend from January until October of 2020. Until, you know, March happened. Yep. But that was, that was a, um, there are a lot of people in Orlando, I'm sure, that could, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, back up this story. I, I would never claim to be the funniest person in the room, but I would always try to be the hardest working person mm. in the room. In, in comedy, in most arts, there's like three things that you have to be, that you could be really good at to be successful. You only have to be really good at two of them. Any two, pick two. You need to be really funny, really hardworking, or really nice. Pick two, and you will be successful. <laughs> now, you can do all three. You can be nice, hardworking, and funny. You don't have to. Uh-huh. You could be a dick if you're really funny and really hardworking. You could absolutely be a dick. Uh, but you know, if you're hard working is so self-controlled, you can choose to do that one being funny, funny is subjective. You can write better and learn how to craft jokes better. Sure. But like at the end of the day, there's still going to be people that don't like your jokes. Uh, and being nice is another thing that's fairly subjective. What's nice to me is not nice to other people. And what's mean to me is not mean to other people. You know, I, I grew up in Florida. You can be mean to me and I'll be like, that's a funny joke. And I'm just like, I'm completely unaffected. But if I say that shit to somebody that grew up in like Denver, they'd be like, why are you like this? I don't <laughs> And I, It's just a different thing. But hardworking, that's so self-controlled. So I chose to be that one because that was the only one I could control. And I knew that. Even if it meant living in your car. Yeah, I, I've slept in a lot of like nighttime security truck stops just on highways. I'll just drive until I find one of those and I'll pull over and I'll sleep. I'm wow. also small. I'm only 5'5", five five and I had a hatchback, so I'd put the back seats down. I fit perfectly oh, from the trunk nice. to the to the back of the front seat. You make it sound so luxurious. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. luxurious is one word, and I don't know if it's for this. Well, living on the road, there's definitely, um, there can be some ups and downs there. Is there, I always ask comics on here, like, their worst, like, bombing story or, like, getting booed or just crazy show. Oh, man. They all happen in Florida, which which feels, (laughs) it feels right, you know, that it happened in Florida, but it feels wrong that we're talking about me living on the road and just, like, they all happened within an hour of my home. (laughs) Um, Man, I, the other thing is I have ADHD. So I don't really remember a whole lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Like, I know I've bombed. I know I've bombed terribly. But I I only remember, like, a couple of them. Uh, there was one time at this club in Cocoa Beach, Florida. And I used to – I was kind of like their house MC without calling myself the house MC, you know. But, like, at one point, there was just nobody that wanted to work there. So it was, like, me and two other guys would just trade off the weekends, basically. And it was so bad. And I remember one time they had like Thursday night shows there and it was like in the winter time. So a lot of people there were just on vacation, but only 12 people came to the show because it was just such a dismal gray day out. And it was so cold in Florida. And these people came from like Minnesota or Michigan and they were like Florida vacation. They came and it was still just 
40 degrees out and windy and gray and they didn't want to be there. Say they're happy. Yeah. yeah, neither did I. And they showed up to this this club. None, nobody sat up front. They were all like scattered. It was a room that could fit like probably like 150, right? And there was 12 people in there just scattered about. There were several people there alone. Like it wasn't like a pair here and a couple there. It was like one random guy up right here and then another guy like over there. And they were all just arms crossed. They did not want to be there. And this club would ask the host to do 20 minutes up top. Ooh. 20 minutes for the host, 30 minutes for the feature, and then a full hour from the headliner. Ooh. Yeah. They wanted a two-hour show. And so I get up there, and I'm like, immediately, I'm like, this is not going to go well. And so for 20 minutes, I just told the worst dick jokes to a bunch of 12 people that did not want to be there. And not <laughs> once did anybody even, like, uncross their arms. And I got off stage after I introduced the feature. I got off stage and I just said, like, good luck. Like, that's all I said. <laughs> and, bro, all three of us were just fighting for our lives for that. And me and the feature just sat in the back and went, I guess we don't have to do an hour. Yeah, exactly. And that was, like, the worse. only saving grace yeah, that we had was, just like, we don't have to do an hour right now. <laughs> the other one, God bless this place. I don't do comedy anymore. It was in Homosassa, Florida at the High Octane Saloon. And the stage is, like high so like a person standing upright their head is like just at the stage oh floor boy. and there's no tables near the stage they're all like pushed back uh and it's inside this giant aluminum shed basically um i don't know any other way it's a warehouse <laughs> Uh, it's a giant, just aluminum, high ceilings, wide walls. There's nothing, like, in the middle that'll stop the sound from echoing. So already, immediately, the sound system is terrible. The stage setup is awful. All the tables just kind of, like, go back and off to the left. And then behind all the tables are pool tables that they did not shut down for the show. Oh, boy. So the whole show, every show, there are people just playing pool and laughing and joking and fucking around. <laughs> and then after the show, there's, like, a cover band, like a Rush cover band would play every day after the comedy show. And nobody gave a shit about the comedy show. They were all just there to see the Rush cover band. And I don't want to say it was always a Rush cover band. Sometimes there was like a Tom Petty cover band. But that was the kind of brand that was playing. Right. Yeah. And the stage was just covered in like NASCAR memorabilia. There was like doors from actual race cars all like on the wall. There were just some like ra random neo-Nazi signs that were like well hidden <laughs> in there. Um, it's it's exactly what you think of when you think of Homosassa, Florida. Yeah. And people couldn't give less of a shit about the comedians on stage. I remember one time the band got there late, so they couldn't do like setup and sound check before the comedy show. So they just started doing setup and sound check during the comedy show while I was on stage. What? And I was hosting, and I was just up there doing my, uh, just trying to survive, honestly, at this point. And these guys just walk up on stage and start plugging in their guitars and start, like, strumming and, like, checking microphones. They would unplug my mic a couple of times just to see if while it, like, worked. While you're doing stand-up. While I'm doing. So I just stopped. <laughs> I stopped telling jokes. I was like, I don't know what you want from me. I stopped telling jokes. I just started announcing what the band was doing. And I just stayed up there until they were done because I'm like, I'm not going to introduce the feature or anything while these people are up here fucking around. So I just, I stayed up there for like 20 minutes just announcing what the band was doing. And then after they finished, I just told one dick joke because I was like, this is all this crowd wants. The Hail Mary. Yeah, I told a <laughs> dick joke and I got them to laugh at that because it was, it was probably a sympathy laugh. Uh, and then I brought the feature up, and as I'm coming off, there was like this old guy that like called me over. He was like, "Hey, come over here," and I was like, "Yes, sir." And I like leaned over, and he just blew smoke in my face because it was still smoking indoors. This wasn't like ten years ago. This was like a few. This was like, I could count the number of years on my hand, and they had smoking indoors. The guy just blew smoke in my face, and then said, and then smacked me on the ass, and then like I started walking away, like ah, sexual harassment, I think. <sighs> I don't know if these people know that phrase. I don't know if they've ever heard that phrase before. I think they still call it flirting. I think that's what they refer to it as. 
And then his wife called me and was like, I'm so sorry about him. And then just kissed me on the cheek and then smacked me on the ass too. And I was like, I guess it runs in the family. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. is happening here. And then I just walked off. I was like, I don't know what is happening. And that is for sure the weirdest and worst experience I've had doing comedy. And as a host, you're maybe getting like 50 bucks, I guess. Yeah, it was $50 to drive an hour and a half out of the way to get my ass smacked by two old white people that still smoke indoors in Florida. They're probably alive still. They're probably going to live to be 114, yeah, both well, of them. Welcome to comedy, kids. Yeah. Anyone that's thinking about doing comedy, like every Just comic stay home, has. post your videos. <laughs> yes. That's why social media is so important now, because people are like, well, I don't want to go live in my car and get sexually harassed in a NASCAR bar. Right, but I'm still here. Yeah, and look, I mean, yeah. it all paid off. I mean, I'm in a hotel now. I don't have to stay in my car anymore, but some days I still do. And this is, I mean, this is a legit, this is a hotel. Yeah. Like, the doors are on the inside. There's, like... Where else would they be? Well, like, the motels, the doors on the outside. Oh, like okay, that's what you ones. mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's what okay. I mean by that. I was like, yeah, the door would stop the outside from being inside. One, one place put me up in a hotel where the Uber driver literally was like, oh, you're staying here? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, it was known to be like a drug den or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. That's you should sign up. This is general advice for everyone that wants to do. Sign up for every travel thing. Mm -hmm. I am a Hilton Honors member. I am a American Airlines uh, member. I'm a Delta member. I'm a JetBlue member. I'm a Southwest member. I'm a I'm a Enterprise member. I am uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm a, I have a membership with Amtrak. I've I have like every public transit app downloaded on my phone uh -huh. right now. Like I have LA Metro. I have Chicago Metro. I have Atlanta Metro. New York City Metro. I got all the apps. I take Lyft and Uber and I take their scooters and I take like buses and trains as much as I can because it's just cheaper. Wow. Uh, I have T-Mobile and then I have Shell Fuel Rewards. So every Tuesday I get 25 cents off per gallon of gas at Shell. And then Shell works with uh, American Airlines. So every gallon I fill up, I get two miles on American. Oh, snap. Yeah. So every Tuesday, I get 20 cents off per gallon of gas and two miles per gallon of gas at Shell stations. Brilliant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Even even with all the social media money, you're still like I still hey. grew up in poverty. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Were, were you? Were you like, how if, poverty? So, okay. It's weird to say, I grew up in Daytona Beach, Florida. And my grandpa was very rich, but he didn't want to, like, give handouts to my parents. So uh, the the greatest thing that he did, which is still a great thing, uh, he owned the house that we lived in when I was a kid. But if he didn't, we would have been in cars and on the street. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, like, we had enough money to for, like, me and my brother to eat dinner every night. But, like, looking back on it now, I'm not sure how many nights my parents went without eating. Like, I had food every night. Uh, but, like, I don't remember them, like, watching them eat dinner. Wow. So I'm not sure, like, they eat late or, like, we just didn't have. Uh, we never went out. We never went on vacation. I didn't get to go to Disney World for the first time until I was in my 20s. And that was because I moved to Orlando and met a friend who worked at Disney. I guess that's why you have such a good Mickey Mouse impression. Oh, had, oh boy. <laughs> you had to do it yourself. You couldn't go. Yeah, I just sat in the room alone looking in the mirror like, oh, boy, aren't you a mouse tool? <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's good to know. I'm glad people get a little more context for like, you know, you see millions of followers, but you never yeah. know like how people get there or where and, they came from. And I from. don't want, this is the one thing I don't want people to do is like, oh, Ben's a self-made. He dug himself out like okay for yeah i did i worked hard sure but i also lived in a house that was paid off uh when i moved out at 16 i moved in with my friend and his parents wow um when i when my grandpa sold the house in daytona beach and then i moved in with my aunt like i was never like alone i always had help and support when i needed it excuse me so i wasn't like just one guy by himself fighting against the man. It, that Those stories are so few and far between, and even when they do happen, I still question their validity because it's it's almost, like, in America, it's almost impossible to actually dig yourself out of poverty. That The system is built against mm -hmm. you. They want to keep you poor. So any people that do try to be like, oh, you know, literally started from the bottom and now I'm here, and they don't say, also, I had a bunch of friends that helped and supported me, and my family gave me a bunch of money, and blah, 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 like, 
It's ridiculous. Like, I never got, like, a giant handout from my grandparents by any means. Like, I was never given, like, oh, here's $10,000. Go chase your dreams. Like, I still went to college on scholarships that I had to get. And I still, like, my grandpa found a car for me and bought the car for me. But it was a 1996 Honda Accord. And he was like, you still have to pay for insurance and all that. Mm -hmm. And I ended up paying more for titles and tags and insurance than he paid for the car. He spent $500 on the car. (laughs) I spent $750 on starting up insurance and titles and tags and all of that. Uh, So, like, there was still, like, a lot of, like, uphill climb, sure, but I always had help if I needed it. Like, I was never alone. You moved out at 16? Yeah. Are are your parents around now? Somewhere. Somewhere. So they're not in your life? I hope not. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) I didn't know. I was just thinking, like... Like, my mom texts me sometimes, Uh you know, um... But I don't. Nice video. That's like. <laughs> well, yeah, she's a, she's a subscriber on my Patreon. There we go. Or that so makes up she for says. Lost time. Or so she says. I don't look. I don't know. That's the child support now. I have it. Yeah, that's the child support. <laughs> yeah, I, she texts me sometimes, but like I don't go visit all that often. Like I might come by once a year, maybe, and mm. I like. Um, and that's because I have shows in Florida, you know, yeah, and like yeah. I'm in her area already. I'm like, she's going to give me food if I go. So I might as well stop by and get some food. <laughs> wow. Whoa, dude. And is your dad? He's somewhere in Florida, too. Somewhere in Florida. too. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't talk to him anymore. Gotcha. OK. This isn't a therapy session. No. Yeah. No, but I wasn't going to turn it into wait, one. This guy, this went deep quickly i will say i did start going to therapy and i told my therapist a story about my you know being a child and growing how i was raised kind of and she said uh and i quote i did not want to judge you before i met you but that is the most florida thing i have ever heard your therapist said that my therapist said that out loud to me and i was like it's gonna get worse (laughs) i was like i haven't even told you about the time i jumped on an alligator like This is another quote from my therapist, who I don't see anymore uh, because I didn't feel like I was... So I have to find a different one. Anyway, Uh that's a different story. Another quote from my therapist. Um, This wasn't a quote to me, although I did hear it because I was in the room. This was a quote to herself under her breath. Oh, God, I hate parents. Wow. It's almost like it was her therapy session all of a sudden. You're like, jeez. Yeah. I don't even know what I had done to her at that point. I was just talking about my life, and she's like, oh, God. Oh, (laughs) Oh no! Yeah, therapy's weird. It's like you've got to. It's like dating almost. You really gotta. gotta <laughs> yeah, you gotta find the one. Find the one that's not gonna make you worse. My therapist would laugh at me. Not like at me. I would like. I would just say things in such like a happy, nonchalant tone, and she would laugh because she's like, "People, you shouldn't be happy about this." I'm like, "I'm not happy. I'm just not upset." You know? Interesting. It's, you it's shouldn't happy. be happy. Oh, but I mean, fun. also the com- the comedy thing. So sometimes I would write jokes about new terrible things that happened in my life, and she would like, "I want to hear the joke." And I'd be like, "Well, it's not gonna be funny in this context." Yeah. And then I would tell her the joke, and she would laugh, and she'd be like, "That's funny. It's also a problem." <laughs> <laughs> Is this on Zoom or in person? Uh, in person. Oh, in I, person. Yeah, I can't do Zoom. I have the, the ADHD will not let me focus. Oh, if I have to. I, I do Zoom therapy, and I have to turn off my self view. Mm-hmm. You can turn off mm-hmm. self view, so it's just mm-hmm. the, it's just the therapist. So that helps. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, that would help for sure. But yeah. I would still like look around. <laughs> like I was like, I gotta play with this now. In yep. person, makes me feel more. Focused. Like focused. I think. I don't know. I feel. I would feel bad if I started ignoring them to their face. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. The the computer makes it easy to do. Like I, there is no emotions in this computer. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let let's go. Let's look at the positive here. That what is what is working. What is what is happening in your life right now? Of like you putting all this work and it paying off. And even like when you came through Atlanta last time, we DM'd each other back and forth, and you were in a smaller venue. Yeah. And then this time you're back. And you're in a bigger venue. So it seems yeah. like even since the last time you were here in Atlanta, it seems like stuff is growing, growing even more. Yeah. Let me tell you what that is. It's very simple. It's called fear. Nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we all live with a constant fear that if I stop right now, it'll all come to an end tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So it's just constantly trying to keep that fear at bay. I've gotten a little bit better at that. Like, I, I can take a couple days off and I'm, I'm fine. Great. But, like, there's still just, like, this constant, like, oh, if I stop now, I'll die. So I can stop. I found a few, a few things that definitely have helped me. And I, I will openly tell my friends, like, this is what I do. 
if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. But this is what works for me. Like I put out a sketch uh, most days. Like there's at least one sketch comes uh, comes out every day, uh, and in the comments of that sketch, I'll I'll pin a comment of my next four tour dates, oh. and then I'll reply to my own comment with my next four after that. So every time somebody watches the video without having to like cover the video in text and showing people where they're at or putting it in the description, because I found that like long descriptions like that sometimes get suppressed by, by the algorithm, they'll just open the comments and the first comment they see is from me of my next tour dates. And so they'll be able to go, oh, great. Now I can check out the link in his bio to find out more information about that. I do that on TikTok. I do that on YouTube. I do that on Instagram. I do that on Facebook. Everywhere, I will comment my next four tour dates. Um, I also have an agent now for comedy, which is great. He reached out to me, and I was like, I'm not going to lose anything by this, you know, yeah, yeah. other than 10% of the money that I was going to get. So he anyway. helps find all the bookings and stuff? Yeah, oh, he, I mean, he's been doing it. He said he's been doing this for like 30 or 40 years. Um, if you look at his like roster, it's very silly because his roster is like the entire Way Ins family <laughs> Benji Brown, Aries Spears. Some small white kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a famous black man, famous black fa man, famous black family, a child from Florida. <laughs> Social media star. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll let you book stuff for me. And that's kind of how I got in with a lot of places. But there's still, like, I have a Google spreadsheet of every club I've ever worked. I have the, the city, the state that they're in, the name of the club, the name of the booker, the way that I've contacted that booker, uh, the last time I performed at that club, and how many people came to it. Oh. And so every time I go back and I look at that, I look for things that are now like about eight months out from the last time that I performed there. And then I'll, I'll just message my agent. I'm like, hey, start emailing these clubs for these dates because the last I was there last on this date and we had this many people. And he'll be like, yeah, this is so easy for me. Because then he'll just shoot that email to the, to the whatever booker. And he's like, hey, last time, this, it's been about a year. He was here on this date. He had this many people in, in attendance. He wants to come back on this date. And they'll be like, boom, done. The less amount of work you can give the clubs to say yes, the better. Yes. If you give them just like, hey, I want to work at your club, they will not respond. If you say like, hey, I'm coming to town on this specific day and I would like to do whatever whatever on this specific day they are way more likely to look at that date and go yeah we have availability here smart yeah are you that organized like with like yes. your content and stuff too absolutely I am okay yeah I have to be or I mean, else I'll lose it all oh I guess that helps with ADHD mm -hmm. cuz I mean dude sometimes I'll be like all right I'm going to post something I'm just scrolling through my albums like, I'm just like, I yeah. don't even know what I'm going to... You have to get ahead on it. If you yeah. don't have a schedule, then you're just going to get lost in the sauce. Yeah. You have to get on your own schedule that works for you because that's going to be the easiest way to stay on track. Okay. Um, and then I also keep lists of, like, here's, like, of the state stuff. I have, like, different subcategories. So I have, like, a new state joins the table is, like, one thing. And then I have the news every week that I do. I have one about... Um, Oh man, I have to actually look at the list because I forget. This is so it's it's almost like you have like formats that you can just yes. plug skits plug into. It, plug and chug. Yeah, you have to make it as simple as possible for you to get that stuff done too because there's always like this big hill of just getting started and doing Dude. it. So if yes. you can make that hill as low as possible, you're way more likely to get over that hill because once you're over that hill, it's easy. Once you get started, it's easy. Uh, so right now I have table news and then I have table intros. That, okay. Those are the regular ones. I also have one called How States Act. So I just take like a regular run-of-the-mill everyday thing that people do and I, and I put how would the states do this differently? Like how would the states drive? And then I just hop in my car and I write like a bunch of like one-liners from every state about how it's different driving in every state uh -huh. with like a couple like very – niche or like regionally specific jokes from each state and then people from those states love it you know i'm doing one about like what it would how states would act walking in on you changing and so it's kind of like they bust in and go oh my god and then just like walk out but it's like the oh my god is now like florida would be like oh i was already taking my clothes off like right. I, I guess we're doing this together now <laughs> um like louisiana walks in sees it and just tosses beads like that's just like very regionally specific stuff 
Um, I have a, uh, a series about weird laws. So I go very in depth and I do a lot of research about like the weirdest laws in every state. And I don't just like Google, like here's a list of, list of weird laws because most of those aren't real. So mm-hmm. I, I don't put that out. Yeah. I actually go into like the actual penal code from that state or the, sti- the city specifically, and I read through every law on the books in those states to find the weirdest ones. Dude, I mean, even like your Georgia stuff, like the I was like, oh, the, some of these are like super specific. Even yeah. like I was like, oh, he really goes deep on this research. Yeah. Um, I've had somebody describe it as the way that I tell jokes is I'm – having fun with and not making fun of yes the people that like people in those states actually enjoy yeah well i get a lot of my information from people in those states Mm -hmm. like i'll post on my facebook and i'll say hey this state is coming what do you guys know about it and a lot of people like a hundred or two hundred people from that state will start commenting very specific regional things about that state and i'll just make a list Mm -hmm. you know um, I have another one called Fun With Names where I just look up every legally incorporated city and town name in the state and I'll just make a list of the silly ones and then I'll just go through and make jokes about each one as if like that one is like the government sits down and goes, hey, state, are you ready to name your towns? And they'll go, yep. And they'll just start naming the weirdest fucking places <laughs> in that state. And I'll get a lot of people that comment be like, oh, I live there. That's so weird. Oh, I've been there. That's such a funny thing. Makes um, it more shareable, too. Yeah, yeah. Very re- like, I have a lot of pockets of fan bases just in the most obscure places um, because I've done jokes about those very obscure places. Wow. I have a weird, weirdly large fan base in Alaska because I do jokes about Alaska, and they're like, nobody talks about us. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, and if they do, it's not accurate, you yeah, know? Uh-huh. So they'll be like, we appreciate the accuracies, and we love this, you know? So I've got fans in, like, every state, which is super cool. But it sucks because I'm. I don't want to go to Alaska. It's so cold up there. Check though. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, money's not Florida. It's so cold. Money's not real. The temperature is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the last one that I do is a is a sketch called Florida Man in SoCal, Mm. which is very. It's like a kind of a personal thing because born and raised in Florida, 25 years. I just moved to Southern California a year ago. So this whole this whole thing is based. It's I shoot it more like a reality TV show. And it's just based around the similarities and differences that I've noticed coming from Florida to now living in Southern California. Oh, wow. Like, I moved from Orange County, Florida, to just north of Orange County, California. Uh, Disney World is in Orange County, Florida. Disneyland is in Orange County, uh, California. They have, they're known for oranges, both of them. Like, they're known for surfing, both of them. Like, they're known for beaches, both of them. Like, it's just insane the amount of things that are so similar but the people could not be more different. Oh, my God, I bet. <laughs> and it, it, that one's just a fun one. I've gotten some pretty good feedback about that one as well. So, like, I've kind of more or less gotten these, like, structures mm-hmm. that I now just research, plug and chug. Because yeah. it's way easier to sit down with a thought of, I'm going to write weird laws about Missouri. Now I can sit down and actually start working on that. Whereas sitting down with nothing, you just kind of go... I. I don't know, man. It just feels like such a big, it's a, it's a mountain out of a molehill that you've made. That's what it feels like right now for me thinking like, okay, cool. I'm getting some cool ideas. Mm-hmm. I would like to start with a molehill and like right. work on consistency. But it's like, would it be like, would you recommend it's like, I just brainstorm. I just make a list of like possible sketch ideas or is it even more like things about my life and then go from there? Like, I, I think you got to find out how you kind of want to do your sketches first. And and again, uh, the only real advice I can give anyone is just do it. So everything that I'm giving right now is just advice that worked for me. Yeah. If it doesn't work for you, you got to find some new stuff. I'm sorry, but you got to figure out what kind of sketch stuff you want to do, whether it's just going to be, you know, ranting in your car or like sitting down and talking to yourself and you have two different characters where one's like weird and chaotic and the other one's the straight man or like however you want to figure out what you want to do with your sketches. And of course you have your stand-up. So already on your list, you have stand-up clip. Right. So boom, day one, you can sit down and be like, all right, what, what's the next thing? Stand-up clip? Perfect. All I'm going to do is go through and find a stand-up clip. Uh, do you want to do what kind of stuff do you want to talk about? Like, do you want to do like the silliness of regular everyday things? Okay, great. So now you have your, your subtopic there is just like regular everyday stuff. And inside that subtopic, you can talk about like, you know, waiting in line, 
going to the bank. You, just, you start getting that list of, you know, those regular everyday things. And you can even break that down farther of like, what is a silly thing about waiting in line? What is a silly thing about going to the bank? And you break it down into such specificity that it's easy to take that line of like, oh, it's weird that we have to go to a bank to deposit cash instead of just taking a picture of it and then shredding it, you know? And that is now, you take that topic and you go, this is where I'm starting. And you write from there. It's way easier to take that than it is to sit down and go, hmm, what's funny? Exactly. Yes. Okay. That makes it way more approachable because I'm married. I have a dog. I have a comedy special called The Trophy Husband. So even that makes me think of maybe doing like skits about like a trophy husband or something. Perfect. That yeah. I can film at home. Exactly. So yeah. now you have your, your stand-up clips and then now you have trophy husband. And you can break down different aspects of being a trophy husband. Maybe interpersonal relationships with other trophy husbands could be like a whole category. Uh, yeah. uh, interpersonal relationships with guys that want to become trophy husbands. You know, giving advice on how to be a good husband, uh, but in silly ways, you know. What are things? What are things that you think make you trophy husband material that your wife cannot stand? <laughs> and like reenacting all of those things in like very silly ways. Uh, you have all of these different categories and subgenres that you can start with. And then every day when you sit down, you're like, oh, it's trophy husband day today. Da 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 da. Okay, today is a silly thing that my wife hates. You know, and yes. now you're breaking down. And I'm sure, like, as a human being who is married, you have already a list of very silly things. And yep. you can just make that list out. And so when you break it down, you're like, trophy husband day, boom. Okay, things my wife hates, boom. Okay, boom, we're going to do this one. The laundry chair. Mm-hmm. And just quick, a quick, like, almost like a minimal viable product, just like a quick skit. Don't overthink it and right. just build from there. Yeah, yeah. And if you want, like, cause what I would recommend is... If you can write three of those and make them one minute a piece, you put them together and now you have long form content for YouTube and for Facebook because those bring in a lot more money. But they're also easily broken down into sub one minute clips for YouTube shorts and Facebook reels and Instagram reels and TikTok that gets you a lot more views. Mm-hmm. Um, I also recommend making a title sequence and a credit scroll uh-huh. because that adds like 30 seconds to your video already. <laughs> If you just made three sketches and it comes out to like two minutes and 35 seconds, you're like, I need the three minute mark. Boom. 10 second title sequence, 30 second credit roll. Boom. You're over 30. (laughs) You're over. You're over three minutes. Money. Brilliant. And that's what it looks like, I guess, on the business side of it is like is most of the money from like being a social media comedian. Is it the is it the ads you get from these platforms or is it like ticket sales? Like where where's like the. The structure behind this. I can kind of break it down because um, I don't I don't mind telling people yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, making. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Facebook has changed up a lot of their their monetization recently, but they still have the Facebook Reels bonus program. They have like a performance bonus program, which is like uh, people interacting with text posts and photo posts and all that. And then they have their in-stream ads. Um, all combined, I make about like six to seven thousand dollars a month from Facebook. Okay, and you have about 200 and something thousand? I just crossed a quarter mil. A quarter yeah. mil, okay, cool. Uh, which sounds way bigger than saying 250,000, so. <laughs> just but crossed a quarter mil. six to seven yeah. grand a month on one platform. Exactly. Sounds great. Uh, TikTok doesn't pay very well, so you really don't have to spend a whole lot of time like just you know, pulling your hair out over whether or not TikTok is doing well. I make like maybe $1,000 a month on TikTok posting the same content. Wow. Yeah. Uh, YouTube is the biggest money maker. <laughs> it always will be. It always has been. I made seventeen thousand dollars from YouTube last month. Great. Um, and that's posting the three-minute long-form clip and then a bunch of the the same clips broken down as YouTube Shorts. So they have the YouTube Shorts bonus program, and then they have uh, the in-stream ads. And I make most of my money from in-stream ads. Like we all make three thousand dollars from YouTube Shorts. I'll make ten thousand dollars from in-stream ads. But you have to make people want to go see the longer form content. So I still post it, and then like the next day will come out the smaller episodes. You know, gotcha. Um, post the long form and then the shorts. That's yeah. That's usually okay. what I do. Okay. Uh, like I'll post the long form on Friday, and then Saturday I'll post the first segment of the long form video on my shorts. Cool. And I'll still get people commenting like, "Oh, I need to see part two. And I'm like, "Well, here's the thing, but. All you have to do is look at my profile, and the full video is there. And they're like, oh, cool, thanks. 
Um, and so like that's, I think those are my f- main four money makers. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends make a lot of money from sponsorships. I don't do them because I'm really mean to brands. <laughs> I am so mean to brands. <laughs> uh, I have told many to fuck off. Um, I told one, give me one good reason why I shouldn't just put your entire company on blast. Huh? Yeah. Even if it was like a hat company to be Florida, though, something simple well, like no, that. But those people are cool. I'm like, yeah, that's how oh, you want to help out. Like I, I've worked with a candle company once because they just made a candle for me. And they're like, we want you to have this candle. Aww. And they didn't ask to work with me. I was like, I'm going to talk about this candle now. Mm-hmm. I'm working with a board game company now. And they, they literally like I reached out to them and I was like, I like what you're doing. And they're like, we don't have the money. And I was like, but you have the board games. <laughs> It's the opposite. You're yeah, like, I don't want the money. I want I don't, the stuff. Yeah, I just want the thing. And um, I worked, I, the only brand deal that I accepted was for the, this education company. They're like, we want to make education affordable and accessible to people so we have this app. And I was like, that's a great thing. Yeah. So yeah, I did that for them. But like, I got, uh, I won't name them, but I, a dating app reached out to me and they're like, we'll pay you $900 for this video. And I was like, are you the dating app? And they're like, yes, we are so-and-so the dating app. And I was like, Okay, I'll do it for $20,000. Yeah, that sounds low, yeah. And they were like, okay, well, that's a little bit out of budget. How about $1,100? <laughs> and that's the company that I said, give me one good reason to not put your entire company on blast uh, because you're trying to take advantage of unsuspecting, you know, uh, creators. That don't, that aren't, aren't uninformed. Yeah, and they'd never email me back. So is twenty grand like a typical brand deal? Absolutely not. Oh, no. oh, I don't know what the numbers are because <laughs> well, it, it changes for, uh, from person to person. It depends on it depends on a lot of factors. You know, what is your following size? How much of that following actually engages with your posts regularly? Because mm-hmm. you'll see a lot of people that have like millions of followers, but you look at their videos and it's like they only have like a few thousand views and like no comments. They've amassed this following over years and years and years of doing very silly things, and a few videos have popped offshore. But like for the most part, their their fans don't engage with their posts. So like that's a big factor. Uh, but the other thing is, this is what I tell everybody. You have to understand who you're replacing with that company. These companies are no longer hiring uh, advertisers. They no longer have teams to make entire commercials for them. You are making a commercial for a company. You should be paid like it. Mm. And that's kind of what, uh, that seems to be the wording that has gotten through the most because there's a lot of people that are like, I don't want to charge too much. And I'm like, first of all, fuck these brands. <laughs> Burn it down. Who cares? Second of all, you are making an entire commercial. You are writing, filming, producing, editing, posting an entire commercial for these companies. How much money do you think they've been spending on commercials up to this point? Tens of thousands of dollars. Why should be? Why should it be any different because now it's you doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so always aim way higher than you think. Yeah. Let them negotiate. If you sh- I like the NBA reached out to me one time and I said $25,000 and they offered, they came in with like a thousand and I said, you're the NBA. I want $25,000. And they said, the best we can do for this program right now is $13,000. And I said, I guess I can make that work. Nice. And so if you, if you just start out with $1,000 to work with the NBA, yeah, of course, you're going to get $1,000 to work with the NBA. And that's great. I'm very happy for you. But if you just took a moment to be like, nah, you're the NBA. Give me $25,000. Now you have $13,000. And like, it's just to do the same format you've Same been exact doing. thing. That's great. The same thing. That's great. Uh, so wow. know your worth and then overshoot it. <laughs> Amen to that. Wow. Well, this, this has been a master class, dude. I appreciate you. Wow. That, yeah, I feel very inspired now. I like. I would like want to like. Yeah. Do it. Make a schedule, and then start. Yeah. That's it. It's literally. It's the only real piece of advice that anybody can ever actually give you. It's like the advice I give people that ask me like stand up comedy tips. I was Just like, do it. You got to get on stage. Yeah. You really got to get on stage. Yeah. You can learn how to write a joke. And people get so ha- mad. You have to get people on. People get so mad. Because like the thing is, I can. I can. I can make your jokes better. I can rewrite your jokes for you. Yeah. That will not teach you anything. Um, and also that if it does teach you anything, the only thing it will teach you is how to write jokes in my style. Mm-hmm. You will never learn your own voice if you ask people how to write jokes for your entire career. You have to get on stage. Just do it. Just do it, kids. 
Well, I mean, drugs. No. Where, what? Where can <laughs> where, where can people um, like follow you or anything you want to promote or? Because I know you're on the road a lot as well, which is another part of like yeah. When does this episode then, come out? This one will probably come out in like two weeks. I'm thinking. Oh, I'll be at home from the road at that point. Oh, uh, my next show is after this. After this episode oh, I'm comes sorry. out. No, it's fine. I'll be in Ohio. Okay. Uh, Columbus, Cincinnati, Toledo. Uh, and Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh's not in Ohio, but it's close enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's October 4th, 5th, 6th, and 9th, I believe, are those those shows. But that's all on my website. You can check me out, benbrainerd.com. My last name is spelled Brainerd Brain, like the one in your head, mm. A-R-D. And if you can't figure that out, try using yours. Woo! Ben Brainerd, thanks for being on Hot Breath. Thanks for having me. Kaboom! There you have it, Hot Breath the Verse. This episode is one of over 400 comedy interviews we have on this podcast. So go check out our catalog. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel where we're doing three live streams a week. And until next Monday, right here on Hot Breath. <sighs>This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.